0: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are in the world welcome to the influential you podcast I'm Josh D'Amigo, lead faculty for Influential You and your co-host for this weekly podcast. John is still on vacation. I miss you, John. Come home. At Influential You, we teach you how to take charge of your career and amplify your professional influence. Since 2009, we have helped thousands of business owners, executives, and entrepreneurs become more influential, more rewarded, and more you. Today, we're speaking with Liz Smiley. Now, if you study with us, you already know who Liz is. But for those of you who haven't yet met Liz, Liz is a partner here at Influential U, the director of admissions, and serves as our registrar. Liz Smiley has over 25 years of experience in the personal and business performance space. Agile here today, we rely on her to make things happen around here. And most of the time, when our faculty introduces her in the first session, you will hear them say, she's the glue around here. And she is in my own world. She's supported me since day one on the job and is incredibly valuable to every part of my efforts here at Influential U. She has managed and coordinated training for thousands of people internationally and has been responsible for the training, development, and management of hundreds of leaders, managers, and mentors. She lives in Ventura, California with her husband, son, and 12 chickens. Please join me in welcoming Liz Smiley to the Influential You podcast. Hi Liz. Hi Josh. Oh my goodness, are you so excited? <laughs> all week long, just so you guys know, all week long Liz has been so excited about this and I am really excited for you to hear her story because this is <laughs> this is the valuable person in my world. Without Liz, things don't happen around here. It's really difficult, uh, so I, thankfully she's not on vacation. We can deal with John being gone a couple of days, but how does that sound, Liz, to start you off?
1: Well, it sounds pretty good. <laughs>
0: does that sound what you think you do about here? Because it's what I think you do around here.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's
0: what people say I do, at least. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can look at me. Here we go. We're going to play a game. You're going to tell us all about life before Influential you before you studied here eight years ago, 10 years ten. ago, 10 years ago, FOT three, um, no. FOT, <laughs> FOT 18, 18. So the 18th time we've done the program, mm-hmm. you sign up. What was Kinda. life like? Okay. What was life like before, before that? Uh,
1: well, let's see. So yeah, I mean, uh, it's my 10th anniversary with Influential U uh, as a am um, staff member, an employee, and I did the program 10 years ago, starting March. But before that, I had worked for another educational company for 12 years, and I left that company because uh, I loved that job, but it was high stress and high hours. And I, uh, my husband and I had been trying to have kids, and that wasn't working, and so for many reasons, I decided to leave. And six months after I left, when I was still on unemployment, I got pregnant. Oh,
0: congratulations.
1: (laughs) It was, you know, it was kind of like that. (laughs) Uh, So unemployed, uninsured and pregnant, uh, I had to figure out what I was going to do because I had been the primary breadwinner always in the relationship. It's kind of how we designed our relationship. Uh, And uh, because he knew I was the doer. (laughs) and that I like to work. And uh, so while I was pregnant, I started uh, coming up with ideas and a friend of mine asked, she said, will you work with me? Will you coach me? I need to, I want to launch a new organization and a event and I need someone to hold my feet to the fire and make sure that I actually produce what I wanna produce. Uh, so Jessica Kazorik, really close friend of mine. I haven't actually seen her in forever, but she's amazing and comes up with the most crazy, amazing ideas of okay. what she's going to do. And uh, so I did. I worked with her and I we produced this event and I worked with her for, ended up for four, four or five years. Uh, we worked together. And uh, that was the start of my own business. Okay. And uh,
0: tell me about your business. What, what was it you were doing? I
1: was called the Business Nanny. Okay. And I worked with um, business small business owners, and I supported them in getting what they needed to get done on a regular basis. So I would speak to them uh, once or twice a week, text them constantly and make sure that they were doing, like if they were in sales, making sure that they were doing the sales calls that they needed to do, making sure that they were uh, doing the things that they hated to do that they had to get done mm. to actually fulfill on their aims and make the money that they wanted to make.
0: Really good.
1: Yeah. And I had a lot of fun doing it. I really did enjoy it. But the part that I really hated about it was getting new clients. Mm. And I really that was uh, and when uh, about so three years into doing that or two and a half years, a friend of mine, Leslie Williams, introduced me to Influence Ecology at the time. So influential you, and said you should do this program. And I looked into it and I said, you're right. I didn't have the money to do the program at the time, but I was like, I'll figure it out. I will get another client to pay for the program. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I was gonna figure it out. And uh, so I did, I registered in the program and that's when I learned why I hated the things that I hated and liked the things that I liked.
0: Good. We're going to talk about that first. I'm going to say thank you, Leslie Williams. You are the most valuable person in my life outside of Liz Smiley. That's so wonderful. In the business nanny, funny how you're still the business nanny here at Influential You. You are my business <laughs> yes. nanny. I was thinking about it earlier. There's uh, you know the the nana on Peter Pan. Sometimes I feel like one of the one of the kids in the house, and boy, nana is making sure I do things right. So here's here's what I want to kind of go to with what you just said, you heard about it. What about the program kind of attracted you? What was the thing where you were like, that's it, that's why I want to do the fundamentals of transaction?
1: Oh, that's a really great question because uh, I had, as a business owner, you know, you go to all these different networking events and chamber events and different things, and people tell you, do this, do that, do this, do that, study this book, join this group, join that group. And I had gotten so much input from so many people. I was overwhelmed. I think I had a stack of uh, six books, and um, I belonged to like three different business programs to try and make my business better or make more money or do this or do that. And it, I just, um, some of it was really great. And I learned a lot from it, but others, it was, no, I don't need that. I don't need that piece. I don't need that piece. And, and it was very overwhelming and it wasn't helping me. uh, It wasn't actually helping me get where I wanted to get. And when I talked to Leslie, she was like, it'll help you focus. It'll help you actually get clear uh, what direction you want to go in and how to um, produce those results quicker.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And as we teach it, as, as you guys know, Qualified feedback is so important. Everyone wants to help, but not everyone is qualified to give that feedback. So I, I really like that point because that's one of the things that we talk about. So you start by joining it. Now you you have stacks and stacks of business cards and stacks and stacks of and business books, books and books and, and all the books <laughs> everyone's ever told you to read and how to win friends and influence others. All, and all that of stuff, yes. <laughs> and you come to Influential U, you and you listen to Leslie. Because um, Was Leslie a coach at the time? She,
1: she, yeah, she still owns the same business, and um, sure, she and I had worked together at the previous company, and she had actually helped train me. So we knew okay. each other for probably ten years at that point.
0: Got it. Okay, so then you were you were having a hard time figuring out who to talk to. You were struggling. I mean, you were really good at kind of helping other people get their stuff done, but it sounds like you were struggling to do it yourself. Yes. Um, yes, exactly. Paint that, paint that I needed sensor, someone yeah. to
1: do to work with me. Yes. You need your own business now. <laughs>
0: the business nanny's nanny, <laughs> and the the family and you were surviving but it just wasn't as good as you wanted it to be tell me a little bit more about that feeling i mean
1: we were living paycheck to paycheck and um and you know before, once you have a kid it's uh well you don't know but <laughs> once you have a kid it's expensive and you try not to i mean we didn't we were not the parents that went out and spent all their money on this that and the other thing and we got I mean, I got took secondhand stuff everywhere, all the kind of stuff, but it still was uh, a lot more than uh, what it was when it was just the two of us, when it's just the two of you, you and you don't have another person depending on you. It, it's really a yeah. very different phenomenon. And um, and so we were, lift, month to month to month, we were like really just barely making it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would consider once I... Um, you know, I would consider us, you know, just surviving. Yeah,
0: good. That was
1: kind of the way it was.
0: And it's 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 hard with that after long, I mean, it's stressful. Now you're having a baby on the way. Max isn't gonna chip in, he's not, he's not helping. <laughs> and so now we've got to figure out, all right, how are we gonna do this? How is this gonna happen? You start with Influential You, and you said you were naive in some of the things when, before you started the program, uh, before we started. You were naive to some of the value that you had, some of those other things. Uh, tell me more about kind of like starting the program, understanding. Hey, I think this is going to solve things for me. What was that feeling like? That inductive kick is when you started. Like, did you off and run, or how did it <sighs> go for you when you did? The
1: program? Um, I think it was about a month in, and I got. Well, I got. A, I was very naive to my future, and to how I was even going to have a future. I mean, we you know, how we were gonna ever retire, was I gonna ever, you know, I was gonna die working was pretty much the way it was going at that point. And um, uh, I just hoped and prayed that he would get a scholarship into some school or something, I just, you know, or that he maybe he didn't want to go to college. <laughs> that would be the cheap
0: way out. <laughs> and unfortunately, for you know, Max is really smart. So He's super smart. <laughs> we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to sell some stuff to, for Max, so, so you go into the program, You start to learn some things. What's a big takeaway for you when you started to study with Influential Youth?
1: So there were two. One was that I'm not a salesperson. Um, I worked, uh, I had been trained to kind of sell things at the other companies I had worked for, but I hated it. And selling myself was way worse than trying to sell a product. And uh, that was why I was being as so unsuccessful. So that was one of the first things: is that I could actually ask for help and get help, and find someone to help sell me. So I did go down that path for a little while. I also took all those business books that were on my desk, and I got uh, doing the kind of accurate thinking and drilling down. Was able to say, okay, this chapter and this chapter are gold. The rest of it. I can toss mm. um and i was able to narrow it down so instead of a huge stack it was a small stack and i could actually you know learn that and take that on and add that to my business rather than trying to implement everything
0: got it so what we talk about it influential to you is the producer personality which we'll, we'll talk about in a second because you learned you were a producer personality yeah and a lot of times producers uh, don't know like which what to do. They're looking for a thing to do, and and they like it. Kind of, it sounds like you were able to eliminate that feeling of doing too much. Someone once described it to me as like I go to the gym and I can't get off a treadmill. And I was like, that sounds great. And they're like, no, five more minutes isn't going to do me any good. Right. So it sounds like you were able to kind of get rid of some of the extra things that were going on and,
1: and took a lot of the stress away because I I could. I could get clearer on what I needed to do and what I had to do, and um, get rid of the things that I that weren't getting me anywhere. Yeah,
0: good. Eliminate those. It sounds like concentration and focus. Yeah. Um. So we're talking about that. So you learn a little bit about that. You learn about the producer personality. Tell me a little bit about what is a producer personality. What is that world like?
1: Uh. Well, once I really got clear that that's who I was. I, uh, got that, you know, a producers like consistency, um, producers like, uh, you know, um, they like lists. Okay. They like to check things off and do things. And, um, they aren't necessarily people, 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 mm. people. Um, but they're for others. They're just not, um, like, uh, they're re- not relationship building.
0: Right. Right. It's, it's more like a, I like to talk about it like doing base. Like you show love by acts of service many times. Yeah. It's like, like a doing. So you like to do the projects. You don't necessarily want to be the center of attention is what I'm learning. Very true. <laughs> You're doing great though. And if you think she's doing great, you can chat with us and we're going to include you and make sure that you, you pump her up. So you said there was the good, the bad, and the ugly about the producer. All right. Yeah. So what's the good?
1: Um, the good is that... Uh, that we're really great at getting things done. And we're really great at, well, not all of us, but lots of producers are really good at working with other people to get things done, like building teams, creating teams, and accomplishing things. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes producers um, get carried away Mm -hmm. and they will go do things before they need to be done or they'll go do too much. John and Kirkland always have a really great example that I think is very funny. because uh, I know at one point, especially in my 20s, I was so this person okay. where they would say, I need a pencil. And I would and you would bring them 20 and all the colored pencils and pencils and erasers and paper and make sure you have everything you absolutely possibly could need when all you really needed was
0: a pencil. Getting, getting too much value <laughs> uh, for what the request was. Is what yes. It sounds like. Yep. I, o- overworking and overdoing as an aside for people that have heard that story multiple times, did that ever happen? Did you ever buy Kirkland a, a set of pencils and a, an eraser and a sharp? No. Oh, you'd never. Oh, well, <laughs> don't let those facts get in the way of a good story. <laughs> I love that. So then, all right, what's the bad then about the producer? I, I mean, we kind of mentioned it a second ago, giving too much value, you know, doing too much. Uh, tell me more about kind of some of the liabilities maybe there.
1: Um, well, one of the things that I learned is, is that I'm not... Uh, I don't have the skills or the skill set to be able to necessarily uh, uh, create relationships and build relationships. Um, So that was one of the, it's not necessarily a bad thing about a producer. It's just not where that, where we shine. So Mm. I think the other, um, I don't really know. I can't, I can't think of, well, the other. That's I know there's, are, there's, I know there's not others. many liabilities,
0: everybody, <laughs> just so you know, there are no liabilities. And if you're just tuning in, I'm talking with Liz Smiley, one of the partners here at Influential You and my most valuable friend and all of the, the person who makes sure that I get stuff done. What I love about Liz and what you're, what you're kind of saying, the liabilities, right? That some of the liabilities for the producer, you know, it you immediately are my friend or my foe. Things are black and white. There's oh, really I know, one. wait a minute, I just remembered one. Good, tell me more. Well,
1: we don't say, we don't, um, we don't do any socialization uh. beforehand. I've really learned how to do this, so I don't do it like I used to, but I just, they like to get to work.
0: I'm gonna tell a quick story about this one, because this one's really good. Chris Chin, how are you, buddy? I hope you're doing good, wherever Chris is. Chris <laughs> walks in the office. I'm brand new at this <laughs> sales thing. Liz <laughs> walks in and I go, hey Liz, you come on in. And she goes, cool. We're paying cash or card? And I go, his name is Chris. Liz, could you, could you say hi to Chris first? And he became one of your favorite clients. And I'm I, I, I only saying that because it's true. I, love I was that.
1: nervous because he was in. It was one of the first times you ever brought somebody into the office. And most of our contracts had always been done over go to meetings or Zoom or something like that, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, I got to meet a person." <laughs> I was like, "Ah!"
0: And, and that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. That you know, like, "Oh, wow, there's a, there's a human being, right?" So yes. that's really good. So you do influential you. You're finishing the fundamentals of transaction program. Mm-hmm. You complete. Um, you got the value out of. I'm guessing. So you go on a little bit and tell me the story of what happened after that. You you finish fundamentals of transaction, and then what? Um. Well, I went to a uh, one of our mid years okay.
1: um, before I even finished the program. Okay. So I finished the program in October. Went to a mid year in July, and um, that's where I met Kirkland. I guess for the second. Nope, I guess it was the second time. And John and um, I had already known John, but we like physically saw each other for the first time in a long time, and we started chatting. And I really got that they had a one of the things I had learned while I was doing the program because I was getting near the end was that what I needed was an actual job. Mm. I was clear that if I wanted to eliminate the stress and be for my family what I wanted to be for my family, I needed to get a job. I needed to stop having my own business. And um, going to that conference, I got very clear that I was the missing link for them, they were only three years old at the time, and they didn't have somebody that did what I did. Um, John was doing almost everything except for one or two of the tasks, like he had Daryl and another woman that was doing all the producing. And so I said, no, I need to do this part, I'm an expert at that. And so they hired me as a contractor and so, by the end of the program, I was already working for the company as a contractor. I wasn't a permanent employee yet, but so I still had my own business and I was doing this. And-
0: um, Well, let's uh, let's park there for just a second. Because a lot of times people go into business coaching, things like that as entrepreneurs, and there's this big thing in the current, uh, the, the popular way of thinking that you should be an entrepreneur. Everyone's right. Yeah, sure. no,
1: that's exactly what everybody told me after I left the first company.
0: And and so when you're in FOT, you realize, hey, maybe that's not necessarily for me as you kept doing it. Was it during FOT that you realized it or was it after trying a little bit longer that you were like, hey, you know what? I really don't enjoy this. Story. No,
1: I was I started in March and by August, July and August, I was very clear that I
0: needed something that I was getting a
1: paycheck every week.
0: Good. So you you see that, hey, this is stressing me out. I could be valuable in this organization. Uh, Of course, John's doing everything. Kirkland's not. And we're seeing John do everything. You see that other person helping. You see Daryl do this. And you're like, wait, I fit right here. And it sounds like you kind of created your own value. I did. Okay, good. Tell me more about what that realization was for you that, hey, I actually fit here.
1: Um, Well, I um, was... I uh, started talking to both of them and told them what I had done in the past, which John had known me, but he didn't realize what I did. Mm. So he didn't know what my position was at the former company. And when I said, well, I was the one who wrote the manual on the registering people into the programs and putting people into the programs and the whole management of that. Uh, So I could be the person that does that for this company. Like I have that kind of expertise. And, um, I have enough, uh, peopling, like I don't lean to the judge side. I'm not, at least I don't think so. I have enough peopling where I can build relationships with yeah. people and do all of that work. And, uh, once I explained all that to them, they were, it was a pretty easy sell.
0: Yeah. That's really good. Cause it's, you know when we talk about value, when we talk about you know utility scarcity, what makes you useful and you're the only one that can do it, Right. embodying that Liz Smiley is really what's really fabulous about working with you. And it's funny because we come from different parts of the transaction cycle and yet we have some overlapping skill sets that really make us really strong together. Yep. And one of those is the standard operating procedures and the books. And I still remember the first time I sent you something, I was like, is this how I do it? And you were like, what's this? I'm like, it's a standard operating procedure. And you looked at me like, Performers aren't supposed to do that. (laughs) I can do that, so I I I really respect that about you because a lot of the processes that are necessary have been built by a producer who really likes that consistency of taking things. Here's the contract. Let's go and fulfill on those. So that's really good. So life is then different, and suddenly it's sunshine and rainbows and every. Now tell me about the journey because you were on the east coast, I believe, right? And you Mm -hmm. had to move all the way to California. Tell me a little bit about. The journey and what life has been like after Fundamentals and Transaction, even working here for the last 10 years? Uh,
1: so, a year later, I um, they offered me a position full time, but told me I had to move to California, which we were fine about because at the time we were living in Florida and we both hated it. And um, yeah, bugs, cockroaches, humidity, <laughs> heat. I mean, there's just the, <laughs> the list goes on. Um, <laughs> hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Of course, then we got here and there were fires, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> list, go on. Um, and, uh, you know, and, uh, my son was only four at the time, so he really didn't get an option, <laughs> my husband and I, and, uh, we, you know, picked up everything and came here. And, uh, but you know, we really didn't still need to deal with, I mean, I was an employee, but it's still fairly much of a startup. I mean, they were less than five years old at the time. And uh, so it was with a commitment and a promise that this was going to go someplace and that this would be, um, that was always my intention when I told my husband we would move here. Um, and uh, so that was the, um, that's what we were up to. And But we had to deal with the still living month to month, but at least knowing we were getting paychecks. Yeah, so that the consistency made it a little bit easier, but moving to California was not necessarily cheap. <laughs>
0: I've heard that. I've heard that about California. I, I've experienced myself. South
1: Florida isn't cheap either. Don't think yeah. it was like from one extreme to the other. It was fairly even move, but um, but then we had the one thing we, we didn't realize we had to pay for his preschool. Um, because you don't have to pay for it in Florida and you had to pay for it in California, wow.
0: um,
1: which really surprised me. But anyways, those were just many obstacles along yeah. the way. And, um, and we worked with them and we, you know, and now what spent, it was in 2020, January, 2020, I turned 50 and in February they um, invited me to become a partner.
0: Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit as I allow you to grab a sip of water because the poor thing you've been just and this is how much I take care of Liz. So, Liz, it's to me, it's I think there's something valuable in there that our listeners would probably want to know. You know, how do you go from employee to uh, C-suite or how do you make that move to partner? And so tell me a little bit about in your words, why do you think that you got invited to become a partner? Was it the investment initially? Was it was it your value? What, What was it about you? Working here at Influential U, where they said, No, we need you to be an equal. We want you to be our partner.
1: Um, so, about th- three or four years before that, three years before that, uh, one of our, I had uh, worked in the office with another producer. So, another woman who was very effective at a lot of the um, back end of the work. So, she managed all the management of all our programs once people started the program. And she left the company and they were trying to figure out if they were going to hire somebody new. And I made an offer and said, I can do her job and my job for this much money, which will save you this much money. I just need to hire one person part-time instead of another person full-time and I can manage all of it. Wow. Um, And they were like, Hmm, yeah, I don't know, about that maybe and so they gave me a trial period. And I blew them out of the water. I'm gonna say (laughs) they were very surprised. They actually didn't expect it to go as well as it did. And um, within a couple months, uh, I was even able to hire somebody full time to work with me and uh, manage the department. And so then we I was managing I had a department rather than just um working with someone yeah. else together and we weren't even kind yeah. of a thing yeah, does that like make you sense you also had
0: a you had a um someone that you were developing as well yeah. and i think that's really really valuable right there now, now that probably took a, a bunch of some nerves i mean yeah to, it did to, that was a lot
1: and you know i had to you know do the work that we teach i had to do the 13 steps and i had to create an offer and i had to figure out, you know, who to, who to talk to first of the three, um, well, then four business partners, but Drew was one of the people encouraging me, so I didn't have to worry about him. But the other three, it was I was like, okay, who do I go to first? So, you know, you go to the performers. So I went to Kirkland, and then I went to John, and then we brought it to Daryl, and that was how that all worked.
0: Wonderful. And I've learned from you so much, except now I go to Daryl first. <laughs> So, cause well, he'll tell me, he'll tell me straight, but I accept. There are okay. times that I will go to
1: Daryl first too. I
0: don't, I, I don't disagree there. Okay. But the, the, you know, the performer allows for that kind of like, Oh my God, this should be great. Oh. And that probably helps a little bit for the producer to hear, hey, you're much better than maybe you think you are, or hey, this could be really awesome.
1: Well, he helped me create the narrative and create the whole conversation and how I was going to sell it. Um, That's mostly why I went to
0: him first. That's really good. Okay. So I have heard from many producers that the narrative is really difficult to craft. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about because you use me for this many I do. times i use all of you yeah yeah <laughs> uh, well it's good to know that Ooh. i'm just one of many but i will say this but you more than anybody else right go. now That's because nobody else has got any time <laughs> also not good to say about the sales guy but also so tell me about that understanding the narrative like how how is it that a performer is valuable to you like what is it about kind of if you can think about it what is what is it about the narrative that like hey if i go and get a performer this could be helpful. Like, Why would you do that? Oh, it's one of my,
1: the performer is one of the most valuable people that I work with. Okay. Um, Because I go to you for helping, you know, making sure that I'm not gonna upset a customer. So if I have to tell a customer that, you are basically not doing anything you're supposed to be doing. And we're going to kick you out if you don't do it right. There's a way I could do that that really isn't effective. Mm. And, um, you know, and I've learned over the years, I'm pretty good at creating that myself. But I always want someone to look at it and check it and make sure that I didn't um, step over something or do something or say something. And and so uh, and sometimes uh, it also helps with my mood. Mm. So when uh, once once a month on the first of every month, all of our senior members submit their their work and their metrics and their measures and sometimes I on um, the second when I get all that information I get very cranky because um, I get upset mostly because I have a particular commitment for all of our members that they succeed and do well and um, and then I have to, produce a report to communicate all of this. And so a lot of times I'll go to the performer to help me. How should I talk to this person? What should we do about this? You know, uh, can you talk to them first and see if we can find out what's going on over yeah. there? You know, um, really digging into those kinds of things so that I don't, uh, cause I really have no interest or commitment to killing people off, but people get, uh, people get intimidated by producers.
0: Oh, they do, oh, <laughs> oh they do. I've uh, been told
1: that more than once, so I do know that. And... Yeah,
0: and it's really fun too, because I think the, the dynamic that we have, you know, with the idea of the narrative and back and forth, and it's really fun because I'm always like, oh, this is on my team, this is on my team, this is on my team, and I think it's really valuable for people to see the, the help, because I hear that producers oftentimes are very self-actional, they, they want to do it themselves, and so to kind of say, oh, you know what, I might not be good at this. It might be helpful to get some other help on this. is really really wise. Um, I am interested on that one part. Is there a <laughs> is there a personality that drives a producer absolutely nuts, and why?
1: Um, there's a. There's a personality that drives this producer. Nuts. I would accept. I, accept. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that for not every That's producer. Really good.
0: Good. Um,
1: but uh, it's not necessarily an inventor because for majority inventors, I my was my boss, now my business partner. But John Patterson, who hired me and has been my champion from the moment I started working for this company, is an inventor, and I love working for him. Uh and uh and Darryl, who's a judge, I also love working with. Um, he is definitely my partner at this point, but there is a personality that sits in between inventor and judge. Okay. Um, cause the mix yeah. of the two, um, they make me absolutely insane. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> and for the most part, I can't, I have a very hard time. I always, and even when I do try and have a commitment to having it all work for some reason, I always press their buttons. Mm. No matter what I do, I cannot seem to not press their buttons.
0: Yeah, same same with me. Same same exact spot. Actually, that's really funny. <laughs> that is funny. I really like that. So then um, one kind of one last question on this one, and I, I think it's really good. And it's really funny. If you were listening along earlier when I asked Liz the last question, she was starting to talk about all the things that she was doing. And it's constantly a, a thing to do, something to do. I, I like to joke around that you don't have to ask Liz or a producer if they're busy. They are. You don't have to ask if you're interrupting. You are. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the things that I learned when I kind of walked into your office and checked the temperature and realized, oh, I'm not doing a very good job at transacting with my own producer because here I am annoying the hell out of her on a Monday morning. (laughs) What What is it about? Um, kind of your role in the job that you do here. I mean, you just love it. You keep on coming back every single day. You're happy to be here. what is it about working in you that really just kind of like this is your dream job or this is the job that you like?
1: Well, I do really miss working in the office with you. Um, (laughs) Um, So just (laughs) (laughs) one of these, one of these (laughs) days, we're going to get back into (laughs) an office. (laughs) Um, But I guess um, the question was, what do I, what do I like about, what do I love? Um, Well, I love what what we do for our customers, and I love what we teach. I think it's so valuable, and it makes such a big difference for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that just uh, that makes me gives me uh, a reason to work.
0: Yeah. What one other accomplishment that I know is new for you, and something that came up recently, you're a new homeowner. Yes. I so uh, I guess I I want to ask this question. It didn't happen overnight. You didn't just all of a sudden become No, I was never going to ever ever buy a house in California. And you did. I did. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about maybe not the specifics, but just kind of the thinking, the story in the sense of like how you go from someone who, you know, is is basically moving across the country 10 years later is buying a home. Like how how do you develop from from here to there? Like what are the things that maybe like guideposts along the way that Mm-hmm. Some of us that aren't there yet, that are wedging our way into the uh, housing market. Mm-hmm. What would what, what advice would you give someone like that?
1: A lot of it was a lot of luck so uh, in the end. But, um, but it was also transactional competence. So I'm not going to not say that that wasn't part of it. Uh, I would say uh, use getting help, um, a surplus of help. Uh, Well, uh, we moved, we were living in the house across the street that we're currently moving into. Mm -hmm. Um, The people across the street were friends of ours. They were moving um, across the country and they offered to rent us their house so that we could get a house for slightly less money and be able to save money to buy a house. Ultimately, what happened is um, we ended up buying that house. Mm -hmm. And it's a long story, so I'm not going to go into all of that or why, but it all worked out and we were able to um, buy it as is. So we got a great deal.
0: Good. And it's the surplus of help you're talking about is the friends that were across the street. The real the like, real, estate real estate agents that agents gave me all gave the help.
1: Date. I had multiple real estate agents, both local and far away, that gave me advice on how to move forward and how to do it. The Kirkland Tibbles. I had the Kirkland Tibbles <laughs> work with me and um, and kind of work through the whole process with me. And um, Maura O'Flynn, who helped me get confidence in my finances and deal with my finances for the last three years to a point where my husband and I were... Um, to a point where we had no concern.
0: Yeah. It's uh, so good. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. That's a big deal in California. It really you know is. That. I know you know that. So <laughs> I know that you listen to this podcast. You're the biggest fan outside of my mother. So you know what's coming next. You know it's the soapbox moment. We give everyone a, a moment to say their truth, say something that's on their mind, something they're thinking about, something they're learning. What is your soapbox moment? <laughs>
1: uh we talked a lot about this cuz i couldn't really narrow it down but one of the things out of my story and thinking about where i was and where i am now is one of the things that i had to do was own my despair
0: mm-hmm.
1: in different conditions of life. Okay. So once i owned that we were in despair in regards to money back when we first when i first started doing the program and even when we moved here to california i could then own that and and get clear and do the accurate thinking and take the right actions to get out of that place. But I I never would have been able to do that if I hadn't been able to go, no, we are not being ambitious. We are not in that place yet. And we're not even naive because we are, you know, we are in despair. And once we got that, we actually took, did stuff that we never would have, you know, we got a roommate at one point for a year. We, there were a bunch of different things that we did. We've only had one car for the last four years. You know, there's just different things that we did to be, um, to own our money situation. Yeah. And now we don't have the same concerns and and
0: fears that we used to have. You made it work. We
1: did, we made, made it work. work.
0: I'm gonna jump on that a little bit and just say, it's when we talk about the states of mind, We talk about the ambitious adult person that puts the train tracks down, knows where they're going, is going to go make offers, invitations, requests to get what they want. There's the adult who kind of sits around waiting for offers and invites to come their way. There's the naive. They act like they know what they're talking about. They don't really. And what you're talking about is owning the despair, which is when you don't know, you don't have a pathway and you know, you don't know. And a lot of people uh, I've heard it said, they just, they, they, they it's invisible. They don't see it.
1: Yeah, they well, they ignore it and they blow it off, whether it's your health or your money or any of those things. Um, it's uh, if you just get that that's where you're at, then you can actually do something about it. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to start to end with this, Liz. One of the things that I'm looking at and listening to your story is really this idea that you own your value. You really figured out, hey, this is where I'm really valuable. You found your spot and then you highlighted that and you continued to produce the value. And I imagine, even if there's a little luck involved, that there is a whole lot of work because as we also read and know, you know, we make our own luck. And, and Liz, is someone who is one of my humans, I want to make sure that you know thank you for the work that you do here. I know it's super valuable because without you, John wouldn't be able to go to France and leave us alone for a month every year. So thank you for all the work that you do. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoyed Liz. I'm gonna to move to close by looking at this screen over here, hitting this button in a second, and then suddenly we keep going. And that's, that's how I do things, is I, I say it out loud. <laughs> so if you'd like to know more about us, you absolutely can, and we would encourage it, and we hope you, you would do. So please go ahead and join us in future podcasts because we do this every single week. But if you'd like to know more about us, you can go to influentialu.global and explore our courses, consulting, and conferences. We offer a four-year curriculum for those seeking an advanced experience. However, if you're brand new to Influential U, we recommend you start with Thrive. It's our self-guided training. Thrive is a self-guided training program that lets you learn at your own pace. Thrive members enjoy weekly live e-coaching sessions and an ever-expanding library of exclusive video lessons with our faculty, thought leaders, and industry experts. You'll get proven proprietary tools to accurately assess your career and develop a realistic strategy to achieve your aims faster, kind of like Liz did. Your membership also includes chat. It's a chat access to faculty plus there's discounts to our transformative conferences. You can sign up today and use the promo code 20OFF. That's 20OFF for a 20% discount on a monthly subscription. That coupon code two zero o f f next week we interview summer lena anderson whose new book start within better roi begins with you helps readers articulate their desired future state for good business leadership and life planning she's been a client of mine and you will not want to miss her interview thank you so much for joining us today each week we stream live at 2 p.m pacific on our website facebook LinkedIn, and if you didn't know it, we're on YouTube, so you can easily share us with others. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Check out our show notes for links to connect with our guests, plus links to websites, books, or special downloads we talked about on today's episode. This podcast is made possible by the influential youth staff, faculty, and members all around the world. Special thanks to our executive producer, Tyson Crandall, with contributions from Michael Teehee, Joey Anderley. Daryl Anderley, Paul West, and a special thanks to Liz Smiley for being our guest today. Influential You podcast is produced by Influence Ecology, LLC in Ventura, California, and this episode was recorded on August 31st, 2022. The podcast theme is by Chris Stenging, (laughs) and it's entitled The Fast Train to Everywhere. And if you haven't yet offered a rating or review, I ask that you take a moment, go to iTunes or your podcast app, and let us know what you think. This helps us more than you know. We'll see you next week on the Influential You podcast.